I'm Jeff Smith, and welcome to The Secrets of Success. Throughout my life, I've been fascinated by one single question, and it's this. How do successful people become successful? What is it that makes that big difference in our lives? Over the last 40 years, I've interviewed rich people, famous people, and many millionaires to find out their secrets of success and to share them here with you. Of course, success is not always measured in money. And in these programs, I'm looking at many different success stories from people in all walks of life. I want to find out what makes them tick. How do they overcome adversity and keep on going when it matters? And I want to extract those magical nuggets of wisdom so that you too can implement the secrets of success into your own life. In this episode, I'm talking with Dr. Victor Manzo. Dr. Vic is a certified pediatric chiropractor who's become a business mindset coach. He's the author of three amazing books, of which his most recent is called Decoding the Matrix, and that's been published this year. I want to find out more about what the matrix actually is. Dr. Vic has a unique and diverse background that allows him to help people to become more fulfilled through leveraging their own mind and reframing their mindset. This is going to be an interview of understanding limiting beliefs, harnessing the stories that we tell to ourselves and how to reframe our thoughts so they support our goals, dreams and desires. So let's bring in the man himself. Welcome to the show, Dr. Victor Manzo. Hey, Dr. Vic, how are you doing? You're looking great. How are you feeling? Hey, I feel absolutely amazing. I'm excited to be here. Great. Good stuff. So I do want to find out about your books that you've written, um, perhaps more about Decoding the Matrix, but we'll get onto that in a moment. But I want to find out more about you. So where were you born? What was life like for you as a child? And what were your dreams and aspirations as you were growing up? Love this question. Um, I was I was born and raised in near a suburb in Chicago, near Chicago called Murrells Park. Uh, it was a small at the time, a small Italian community. Uh, I'm a first generation Italian or one and a half if I had to be real accurate there or technical. <laughs> uh, but long story short, um, yeah, it was a small, it was a small community of Italian, you know, Italian community. And, and it was one of the things where I was a blue collar. So a lot of, you know, a lot of hardworking, uh, you know, individuals, my dad, you know, worked a couple of jobs and mom had two, three jobs and, uh, just to make ends meet. And so, uh, money wasn't something that flowed often and, you know, my upbringing wasn't, um, I had a great childhood, you know, from what it has taught me and what I took from it. But, um, you know, with that growing up in that aspect, I, I learned, I, I took on one limiting belief of scarcity mindset and how things could be, are scarce. There's no, just, you know, there's no abundance, you know, you have to work hard to get things and try to make things work. Right. And it was always about this force, 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 force doing things. And so, uh, I took that out in my life uh, later on. But one of the things I'm, I'm grateful for, though, is 
learning hard work. My dad, you know, he busted his behind to make ends meet and he, he worked full-time job. Then he had a side side job of laying carpet, which is very hard manual labor. And, um, I would help him with that. And he would always tell me, I'm going to teach you what hard work is. So you don't do what I do. And he was a steward <laughs> in his way, which I appreciate him for that. Uh, because he was doing, he was, he was teaching me stuff that was beyond him that he didn't want me to follow in those footsteps. I was, I still don't know how to lay carpet. I mean, I have the idea of it because I've seen it a thousand times, but he didn't want me to learn it. He just come, you help move things. He called me muscles. I just moved things. That was the end of it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was that journey, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, a lot of, um, struggles in, in some way, shape or form, a lot of struggles internally for me emotionally, because I could understand like, why is it that we had this situation, but then someone else, a family member or a friend, you know, their, their kids had all the toys. I had everything in the world like, that they wanted, but yet I couldn't get that. And I had to, this was my, this is where I, this is my lane. This is what this, it's kind of like, this is your, this is where we are. And this is how we do things. And so that kind of propelled me later in life to want to not have that experience, to have financial abundance, to do whatever it takes to ha- not go through the experiences of what I saw. I mean, parents, you know, people, you know, what is that? I think marriages argue 60 or 60% of the time of arguments or uh, divorces due to finances. Um I forget what the, the the actual the actual study is on that, but um, but long story short, it was always you know you you see that energy of of how you looked at money and the and the struggles, and I was just like I do not want that. So my my family, my parents, my upbringing showed me a lot of what I didn't want, which I'm very blessed for because you only know what you want when you know what you don't want. That's very powerful. I I have the same. My my parents were lovely. My mother was beautiful. My dad, he taught me what not to do, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I was really smiling when you said, yeah, they taught me the scarcity principle. There's no abundance, you know, and I was educated with debt. My dad was the kind of guy that would earn $10 and spend 12 He's like, wow. But as you quite rightly say, Vic, you can go two ways here. And for me, I took the same lesson as you. This is not what I want for my life. So, okay then. You're a pediatric chiropractor. Now, not everybody will know what that means. (laughs) So, for the purposes of clarity, what is a pediatric chiropractor? What pulled you in that direction? Well, those are the two questions then. Yeah, pediatric chiropractor is just a chiropractor who specializes. Who's I'm certified, so I've been. I took two extra hundred hours extra on top of my just degree as a chiropractor um, to focus and specialize on pediatrics and so kids in general. So what that what we do is we look at pregnancy. And then we, we focus on that and what we can do to help with the baby, with the labor process to less stress on baby, less stress on mom, uh, making sure everything's in alignment to, you know, everything be more efficient. Uh, the second thing is, is we work with kids and, and you know, as soon as they're born um, to make sure they're neurologically developing. Uh, that is very, very crucial because what we, we, we know this from, so in the, like in the self-help or the business world or that we know that there's something about beliefs and it's, I'm happy to hear now beliefs are getting popular and how we get conditioned with our mind is between zero and seven. I hear more people talking about it. I'm like, thank goodness that's getting out there. We get that, but we don't under, we don't realize that though. Our nervous system is how we express and experience life. 
if you are stuck, let's say you had a, let's say mom has a very laborious process and labor took a lot longer than normal. Maybe they end up having an emergency, went to C-section. All those emotions that mom goes through and dad goes through, baby goes through it also, and it imprints in their nervous system and it can condition it into a certain way to be more stressed or be more sensitive or have more anxiety. Now imagine what those things do down the road in your life. And so what kind of pivoted me to want to go into pediatrics was, uh, I'll keep the story short, but it was five years into my business, I hit my financial peak. I thought when I had that much money, I was like, I should be doing, you know, I should be happy. I should be all these other things, satisfied. I was unfulfilled. I was burned out. And I asked my wife, I looked at my wife and said, I don't know if I want to continue doing this, if this is what I have to do. Cause I felt like I was always working upstream and it was so exhausting. So I said, well, I need to redo some deep soul seeking here on what I really want to do for my practice, how I want my practice to look and the people I want to have in there. And so I literally took a 40% hit because we started to what patients that may have not have resonated with what we wanted to have, we, we would refer them out to someone else who can do that. And they were very, under, you know, those who knew they were very understanding about that. I told them we're kind of changing what we're doing. Um, and then all of a sudden from there, uh, I was kept hearing about in the research showing how the kids, the children's diseases are just getting worse and worse. More and more chronic disease is happening in children. And we're, you know, everything's just getting worse. Autism by 2032 will be one in two children. Uh, ADHD is on the right, you know, it's one out of every nine. And I was just like, I'm not having that in my community. Like that is not going to be allowed. I want to, I want to be a change to help because when you work with adults, you're managing symptoms. You're really managing their neurology. And what I mean by managing their neurology is, is they're stuck in, they're in a fixated state. This is what they are. I can't go back to a certain point and get them down to age zero. I'm able to get them to, let's say they're 40. I'm able to get them to 32, maybe 28, maybe 24, wherever that the, the beginning of that process was. But I can't get them back to being at 100% when they were first born. Um, so that's where I was like, I want to start there. I want to be able to work on that level. And that's what shifted me to go into pediatrics and really um, was, it really blossomed me and fulfilled me because I like to be a kid. Um, unfortunately, when you're a kid with adults, it just doesn't work well, <laughs> especially if you're a doctor. <laughs> it just doesn't go well. If you start talking like to a baby, they're gonna be looking at you like, what the heck? But with kids, I can be a kid with them and they love it even more. Sure. I mean, I haven't been in practice for eight, nine months and I still have, you know, patients of mine, uh, they'll, they'll send message emails to me and stuff. And they'll be like, the kids still ask about you or they call, they call it. Cause I, I referred them to another friend of mine when I, when I was leaving the office and, um, and they were like, uh, yeah, they still, they still call him Dr. Vic. They won't call him. His name is Dr. Steve. And they're like, they still call him, they call him Dr. Vic cause they just can't, they still haven't made that transition. <laughs> oh, isn't that lovely. Lovely. But I love your ethos as well about how far back can we go? I just love that. Well, you've climbed the so-called ladder of success. As you said, you, you've hit your financial peak. You've achieved wealth, luxury cars, beautiful home, only to find that that ladder of success is leaning up the wrong wall. To use your words, you said you were unfulfilled. So how do you find balance between achieving financial success together with achieving peace and harmony in your life? Well, you said the word, right? A lot of times the new, the new word that I hear often is everyone's like, we got to get to the work-life balance. And I think that's a trap in itself because 
I'm going to just use the body as an example. We use, we call it homeostasis, right? When things are yep. in balance. Well, the body's never in balance. That's a lie. The body's always adapting because there's so much information coming in. It has to adapt to that information. Well, let's look at nature. Nature does the exact same thing. Nature's always adapting. You may say, well, that's, that's kind of like balance. Well, I'm like, well, balance just means we're good until things get out of balance and then we have to rebalance. Um, there's no, there's no really middle ground. It's just a range that we can kind of call an average. If you look at the body itself. So when I look at, so we look at the body does that nature does that universe does that it's always adapting. And the same thing in my life is always adapting. And what, what happened for me and how I find that harmony is I had to really get to a point of just focusing on what I love to do. What excites me from an emotional standpoint, what gets my vibration high? Because when I do that, then what I do inspires me more and fires me up more. And then I don't even focus on the money. Like this is a whole different world where I was, I was doing everything business people told me to do, self-help, personal development. I did all that, sweat, equity, grind, hustle, you name it. I, I did everything I was told to do to get to that success. But it wasn't at the level I wanted to have. I have a background in energy medicine, which brings up what I studied a lot of like spiritual truth, ancient wisdom and from mystics and sages. And um, I bring universal laws and quantum physics and all this. And so when I was looking back, I was like, you know, I'm the, if I'm truly the creator of my life, you know, the, you, you heard it so many times, you're the author, the creator, you write your, you're writing your life every single day, all those phrases that have been used. I was like, then why can't I dictate my success and have everything else be successful with it? Why does it have to sacrifice to one? And I was like, that's not true in the quantum world, but in the Newtonian world, it is, but not in a quantum world. Quantum, you can have anything you want. And I know sometimes that sounds like a little too out there for some people, especially in a business world. When you say you can have massive success and have a massive, amazing relationship and with your wife or husband or spouse, and you can have unbelievable health and all these other things. And some people are like, well, yeah, but you have to balance. You have to cut this out. You have to do it. It's like, no, that those are beliefs. Um, and that's where I had to really reprogram my mind to get to that point to understand, to be like, you know what, if I truly am, then everything in my life's going to blossom. And it all of a sudden you get away from thinking mind and you come into the center of your heart and you let you, now you let that guide you in a way. And I think that's where fulfillment really lies because that's what happened for me. And that's what I've been teaching a lot of entrepreneurs to do is that, when I'm looking at, you know, you have to adapt, as I said earlier. So I put energy into right now I'm on a podcast and connecting with you and having a wonderful conversation. I'm 100% here. Then after this, I just had a newborn. She's seven weeks old. So after this, I got to go spend some time with my newborn so that my wife can get some things done that she wants to do. And it's my time to connect with my baby. So now I'm connecting with my little one. And so I, 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 I it's kind of like time management in a sense, but I really call it energy management. Because you can time management your day and do all these different things, um, but you can be solely, totally subconscious or unconscious in that process and just doing things automatically. This is more intent with it, and it's coming from that place. So when you're putting your energy into things, uh, your essence of who you are, all of a sudden you're, you're magnifying that. And so that's kind of what I do is just look at different aspects of my life. How do I adapt? Because sometimes I have to put more energy Let's say my baby's not feeling well, or maybe, um, you know, my wife's just been around a little bit too much. She's getting, she needs more time off. Then I have to put more energy there. And then I may not be able to put as much energy over here, but I'm making sure I'm getting what I need to get done to keep moving forward. So I don't lose energy there. Does that kind of make sense? Oh, absolutely right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the first bit I loved, first of all, and I chose my words very carefully, as you probably noticed, was this work-life balancing. It's a mess. It's it's. 
It's junk. And so many people get caught. You're right, in this trap. So I got a couple of things now. You've got a newborn, boy or a girl? It's a girl. Girl. What's her name? Maya Vivian. All right. I think she is going to achieve something amazing because of you. So I want to find out some way of following her and you on your journey. Yes, I think it's amazing morally what you're doing. So we'll talk more about that after the show, and then we'll fix up another interview with you uh, later on. And who knows, later on in life, maybe get your daughter on the show as well. See what's <laughs> happening. This is going to be a fascinating one. Okay, the other one, uh, Vic, is fulfillment. You talk about being not fulfilled, then you are fulfilled because of the alignment in your life. So define fulfillment for me, please. Oh, I love this. I love this question because so fulfillment for me is is really choosing the life I see within myself and experiencing that in my reality. That's really what it means to me because it's in it, it because the experience I, I gonna, get from I'm, that. I'm, I'm going to hold okay. you there. I'm going to hold you there. That is so important. I want you to say it again, just in <laughs> case we missed it. Yeah, it's it's seeing with the let's in other words, seeing the world and myself and creating that into my external world. So seeing what the what I want to create in my life and then seeing it happen. Yeah, cool. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, you're but, fine. But but that is so so important. Okay, back to you. I'll let I'll let you carry no, on. No, you're now. good. Yeah, so it's one of those <laughs> things where you know because it it was you know if you think about it in your life, if, let's say. Think about being a kid again. I'm a lot. I'm a lot of my work is getting adults to be kids again. It's really because being in the world of a, a four year old or three year old, it's like it's so fascinating. It's it, it, into adults. Sometimes we get annoyed, or sometimes like, oh, they're just a kid. That's why and we dismiss them. But really, the kids are designed to remind us of who we really are. I mean, there's, they've even done studies on this where if you look at a newborn. And you stare in their eyes and they give you that soul gaze that they give you. They look into your soul. They're not looking at you physically. There's research that shows that that can help heal past wounds of your own childhood. It's fascinating what children can do. But it's getting back to the point of being a child and creating, right? Children are fulfilled. I yeah I I love that's what, and I and I loved when I was you know when I was working with children so much their imagination is so cool like it's I, and I I try to be open minded as much as I possibly can I'm nowhere near a level of a three and four year old but it's one of those things where you can see fulfillment in them because they're choosing and creating their life they don't care what someone says the conditioning of the world the matrix or whatever that may be they're just in their world creating. And that's what, and they're enjoying the creative process. And that really, really sparked me when I was seeing that often, because I was like, that's so cool. They don't care. Like they have no inkling of caring what someone says or what to do or what this, they're just doing what they love. I'm like, they know what success is. They know what fulfillment is. They know all of that. But yet as adults, we let our mind, which when we let the mind get involved, it complex things, it creates resistance. And it just makes things, it takes longer to get to the results of what you want to get. That's just what the mind does. And so when we look at, you know, looking at a child that they, they know fulfillment. And I always tell parents, just learn from your children. Let them be your, let them be your teacher. Because so many times we think we know better than them or this or that or whatever it may be. And it's like, let them be your teacher. You will grow more as a human being. They're going to teach you all these other things already. 
you know, patience and, you know, understanding like from, you know, all this other stuff, but that is something that goes so deep and uh, it's a lost art in our, our, in our adult world. It's starting to come back. I'm seeing a movement of it, which I'm very happy to see. Um, but it's been, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't taught this in my teenage years or adult. No one told me, Hey, be a kid again. Um, you know, maybe here or there, but it wasn't a, a solid message. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I remember I have two girls. They're now 25, 27, my 27 year old also in uh, medicine. But I remember young girls, we bought them this kitchen and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it had plastic cups, fish fingers, mushy peas, ice cubes and stuff like this. And my little one, she was two, she said, would you like a cup of tea, daddy? And I said, I said, yes, please. So, so she sits down at her little table and she's got an imaginary teapot pouring into this cup and I'm my wife and I were looking at her in awe because of everything you've just said so and then she puts ice cubes uh, plastic ice cubes into this cup stirs it up with a plastic fish finger <laughs> brings it over to me there you are there's your cup of tea and then I drink it and I've got mmm beautiful I mean and I Everything you just said, I adore because we have not instilled the beliefs, the limiting beliefs onto children at that age. Society has not affected them and, uh, let me say, infected their brains to, to be limiting. And I love that. So more about that another time. So moving it on a little, because I'm interested in what you've actually done. So you're, you're now a mindset coach. So you help people out with that. You've written three books and you, like me, are fascinated in what makes successful people successful. So let's kick this off with your latest book. It's called Decoding the Matrix. Now, having read up on you and listened to the the little bit we've spoken about already, I think this is going to get a little deep, which I love. <laughs> Don't let me hold you back. So for those watching the video, Dr. Vic is laughing his head off here. I've got the benefit that I can see him. So here are my questions for you, Dr. Vic. Why did you decide to write this book? What is it about, in summary, and who is it for? Love that. Um, this book was, it, it, it was a calling to me in November. I have a goal of writing 30 books in my life. Why 30? I have no idea. It's just 30 came to me and it just feels right. Um, and so, yeah, I wrote my first two books year after year. And then I took a couple of years off. COVID came. I wanted to focus more on the, my chiropractic office. I knew I was going to be moving soon. So there was all these things I wanted to make sure. And so then November comes and I, I get this, I'm in meditation and this may sound weird for some people, but like in my meditations and so forth, I just get this, like, I keep getting like a pull that my, my attention kept going to book. It's time for a book. And I'm going, I'm not, I'm in no place for a book. It's, it's November. I'm about to move from Chicago to Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm, I'm walking, I'm closing down my business. My wife's pregnant. Uh, I'm like, there's just, there's just, I can't, where the heck's that going to come? But it, it kept it would not go away. It was starting to get like annoying. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to write a book. What the heck? You know, what am I going to write then? And um, 
all of a sudden I just, I imaged in my head what the last two years of what we went through. And it was kind of like showing me as an example of conditioning of the mind. And I was like, Ooh, I like this. I can go with that. And then uh, I was like, okay, what title? I mean, here we go. Here's a title. What can it be? And then matrix just kept coming to me. I don't know if it was because the four revolution was coming out, whatever it may have been, but it just kept coming to me. I kept seeing it. I kept seeing it. I'm like matrix, matrix, matrix. I'm like, you know what? I could write really well about the matrix. I'm like decoding the matrix. And it just came. And that was the end of that. And so, um, and then I wrote the book a couple of months later. I started writing after the move and I settled down a little bit and uh, it all worked out. But the book really is designed to help individuals understand the conditioning of what we go through as humanity. You see, humanity has something called the human collective consciousness. For those who don't know what that is, that's the matrix. But what they don't know is that that's every thought and emotion and attention that humans put on. So if you think if you average out every single human, there's a certain vibration, you get a certain number, and that number either is going to create experiences for all of humanity to go through. It's the game, in other words. This is the field that we're in, and this is what we're going to experience. And then there's submatrixes, which are continents and countries and big cities and small cities and towns, and then it comes all the way down to you, the individual. And so this is all like a hierarchy type of thing. And so in the book, I explain how these systems condition our mind and condition us to be in a certain way. You see, the matrix main design, it's not good or bad. It just is. Every species has it. Dogs have it. The earth has it. The solar system, the universe, it all has these things. And so what ends up happening is, is that there's this, um, um, I'm in my train of thought here for a second, but the matrix has this, you know, certain frequency. And what it does is it, it will, if you don't set your intention and live by what is purposeful for you, the matrix will pull you down into the average and then you just become another average of someone else and you don't get to express your light, your uniqueness, your gifts that you want to share to the world. That's the fulfillment side of things. And so in the book, I share, you know, I break down the matrix. There's three parts to the book. The first part's the matrix, the conditioning, the mind, how that works. I get into a little bit of the neuroscience and so forth. The second part is understanding your potential. You hear this word so many times, even chiropractors do it all. I mean, we're going to help optimize your potential. Well, what the heck does that mean? Uh, I always tell chiropractors, don't say that to a patient. Because um, <laughs> optimal, optimal, you know, but potential can mean so many different things. So many, it, I remember when I first heard it, I was like, I knew what that meant. I'm like, to an idea. But so I was like, I want to define potential so people can understand how powerful they really are. And so you're, and I'll share it here. Your potential is what you can imagine in your mind. Anything, whatever you can imagine in your mind, that's your potential. Because spiritual truths have said, if you can't see it here in your mind, you can't create it. If you can see it in your mind, you can create it. And quantum physics supports this and all these other things. And so that was the second part of the book. And then the third part, I talk about your spiritual awakening or helping accelerate that. I talk about what is a spiritual awakening? What is the four stages of it? And then how important is it to you to unleash your potential to help you in your own spiritual awakening, but at the same time, when you do that, you also help liberate others to give them opportunity to do this through the law of association, um, to allow them to have their own. And what we do as humanity now is we raise our vibration up as individuals, which helps raise the matrix up, which then helps change the entire outcome of what we're seeing in, 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 our, in, our, in our world today. And so this is a whole different way of looking at things. So when we think about like, you know, look at our oceans and all the microplastic and plastic. Look at the forests just deep, you know, they're, they're shrinking more and more. You look at the more diseases that are coming out and the more issues that we're starting to see. It's not because it's just happening in the world to harsh place. No, it's because of where we are as humanity vibrating at. And if we can raise our vibration, 
then those things change. Then the solutions come up. Somebody will be inspired to do that. You know, someone's very inspired. I'm very passionate about the ocean and cleaning it, but at the same token, I have other things I'm more passionate about there, but there'll be someone else who's just as passionate about what I do, but passionate about that, that will create ideas and technology and so forth. They'll all of a sudden do that. But we, as humanity, as we raise that vibration, we can all of a sudden alter all our experience to be more of a, I don't want, I guess a positive, but more supporting life in other words. Okay, right. <clears throat> right then. Let me try and decode what you just said. <laughs> I know that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let, let, right. The collective conscious is the matrix. And if you're not careful, the matrix can pull you down from where you'd perhaps like to be and drop you in the averages. So that, those are the two bits I want to revisit, or three bits. One is a collective consciousness, or the collective consciousness. So let's see if we can get a bit more attraction on that one. And then, what is the matrix, and how does it, like it's some kind of force, pull you down to the averages? So let's have Great a go questions. at those two, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, a lot, I forgot. What was the first question again? I apologize. <laughs> I got so into the second. I'm like, oh, wait, these are the first <laughs> Okay. Collective consciousness. There we go. So if you think about, you know, there, there was a great book out that I, I share in my book that talks about, you know, how consciousness affects matter. And uh, there's many other books out that talk about this in, in different forms, but uh, The Hidden Messages of Water by Dr. Masuro Emoto. And in his book, what he did, for those who may not know it, his studies, he would just put the word love on water and then put another label of hate. And what will end up happening is he would flash freeze it and look at the structure of the water. And what he found out was that love had a hexagonal hexagonal form um, structure, which is very beneficial. Actually, when you have water in that form, it actually absorbs better in the body. We detox better and so mm -hmm. forth. But it had beautiful crystallizations. They went to go look at the word hate, and they looked at that. And all of a sudden, they looked at the water, and it was very scattered, not well organized, no crystallization form. And they've done this with music and different levels of emotions and so forth. But they've done this also in studies where they had two plants. They fed them the exact same water. They had the exact same exposure to sunlight. Everything was all constant. The only difference was every day, one per there was a group of people that say, I love you and I appreciate you. And you're so amazing. You're so beautiful. And then the other would say, I hate you. You're disgusting. I wish you would die. All these things. Four days later, the one that had love was vibrant, very strong, looking healthy, the one that was being told hate and everything was shriveling and wilting. So I share this with you because there is a consciousness that we all have and, 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 and we have different vibrations to it. Some people call it, um, in Dr. David Hawkins' work, Power Versus Force, he calls it uh, consciousness levels. And these levels either support life or don't support life. And the way I kind of say support life is, is it's your dreams, it's your visions, your goals, your, your fulfillment. It's all the positives, the good that we have. But there's the opposite of that, which it doesn't. And that's your, you know, it could be fears, worry, anxieties, and so forth. That's going to limit your goals and create more fear and, and, and more pain, more, like I was saying, more diseases, more, you know, the forest and so forth. So when you look at collective, this is just the average of every single human being, wherever they're vibing at. So if you think about the water experiment, what is the water of humanity? Is it in a beautiful hexagonal form with the beautiful crystallizations if we averaged everybody out? 
or is it scattered and chaotic? And right now, based on, again, going back to David Hawkins' work, we are in a vibration or a consciousness level that doesn't support life. And that's why we continue to see disease. We continue to see our life endangered species or species becoming more extinct. Um, humans are, you know, I think it was the first year or a couple of years ago, it was the first year that we saw, it was before COVID, that we saw actually a, a, a slowing down or actually a loss in longevity in, America, in the United States um, of how long people are living. Um, and so it's one of those things where we're seeing more of that, and that's because of where we are as a collective. And then the reason why the matrix will pull you down is, you know, there's a law of association, right? You've heard this before. You have the five people closest to you, you average them out, that's you. Um, that's a law of association. You're going to vibe and resonate with the high, you know, the most common vibrations that you're around. But there's, there's, some, I, I used to call this the lobster effect. That's why I heard it as first, but I heard it's a, the crab in the barrel effect. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but this is why the matrix we the matrix will always pull you down is that if you have three crabs in a barrel and you have one of them that says, I'm tired of being around you two, can't stand you, uh, I'm getting out of this life. It's dark. It's kind of, it's not, there's nothing fun here. And so it starts walking up the wall or the barrel for some weird reason, the other two crabs are going to go pull it down and keep it with them. Now, I don't know why they do that. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But this is how vibration works is that you, if you don't set your intention every day, you are going to vibe back to the main vibration of all things. And there's something for the listeners, if, just to kind of give you a visual. Um, if you're visual and you want to see some really cool things, you can look up something called metronomes. So it's like M-E-T-R-O. N-O-M-E-S. Just look it up on YouTube. And what you'll see is I've seen many different of ones of these. They'll have like 120 different things that just rock back and forth, and but they're all offbeat. So they're not in sync at all. For some reason, around 145 to 155, they all sync at a beat and they stay there. No one alters anything. No one changes anything. No one knows why that happens. It just does. Right. So, but we can understand the principles. Wherever the vibration is, that's where we're going to we're going to always be resonating to. We're going to get pulled back to unless we set our intention every single day and raise our vibe and be that, you know, the difference you want to see in the world. That's what we're talking about there. Okay. I think I get most of that. <laughs> I think I do. I'm I'm just loving this Vic. So, can we some can we say in a sentence what is the matrix? Yeah, it is all the thoughts and emotions that people focus on every single day. And, all, all the humans put together. And and those thoughts are held as a collective somewhere. Yes. It sets the it sets that vibration. So the matrix then is that collective vibration. I see. Exactly. Right. Okay. Right then, your book cover. <laughs> it looks like the credits on The Matrix, you know, the one with Keanu Reeves. I get that now. So there's obviously some link there. So we know what you mean by The Matrix. So that now, now I have to ask you, Vic, why do we need to be aware of it? And how do you think... It affects our lives. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I used to say all the time, if you don't plan your day, the world's going to plan it for you. 
And I never knew the, I, I, I thought it was a cool saying. I didn't have like this. Oh, I know how deep that is. I just was like, I just, that sounds cool. Yeah, I like sense. the way it feels, yeah. right? I'm just going to go with that. But it's very true in a way, because again, you always have to remember the matrix, the vibration of everything that we have. Like we went through COVID, right? Yeah. And we said, man, COVID could have been a struggle, but COVID could have been actually a blessing for some people. And I know some people say, how dare you say a blessing? How many people died? But I'm like, you have to understand though, that some people didn't look at it that way. And that's okay if they didn't. But unfortunately, the matrix, we made us all look and say, well, look how this is bad. This is horrible. Let me show you why, right? This is conditioning of your mind. Here's the deaths. Here's the cases. Here's this. Here's that. Businesses are going to fail. We have to do lockdowns. We have to shut things down. Guess what now? Here's more conditioning I'm going to throw at you. And so what it does is there's there's entities that can control the matrix because the more that we, the people, see something and believe it, all of a sudden we're shifting the matrix on what we're going to have an experience of. And I use that as an example in my book to just like, it's interesting because if you hear someone share something else outside of the main narrative, they are humiliated. They are like looked at as a crazy person and so forth. You look at this at every aspect of the life, that's conditioning of the matrix. And so when you start to see that, then you're like, wait a minute. Some people say, well, it's just because we hear things that are very common. Yeah, but that's conditioning. You know, see the mind, the more you, it's like, you could say a lot, well, I think it was a, uh, one of the propaganda people from the in the the, the Nazi regime, when they said, um, "You can say a lie, lie long enough and loud enough, and eventually people will believe you," mm. because that's how the mind works. Because once you have, and I'm not saying COVID's a lie or anything. I'm not going there with that. I'm just sharing that this is how conditioning works with the mind. That it doesn't matter if it's true or false. If a lot of people are saying that. And then all of a sudden, it's more and more people. Now, other people in their circles are saying that. And these people in those circles are saying that. That's influence on the matrix affecting you. And then all of a sudden, you'll be like, well, I guess that's just what is, what's, what's true. I mean, there's stories of people. I remember there's one story, and I'm going to butcher it. But they, I, I don't know if it was ham. I think it was a turkey. It was, it was some. I, this is why I need to go back and remember the story. But it was something about a, a I'm going to go with a turkey. I don't think it was it. But let's just say it was. And the mom, one day, the daughter's like, Mom, why do we cut the, the sides off of the turkey, take the legs off and so forth, and we just cook it like this? And she'll be like, the mom goes, I don't know. That's just what we did. So then the daughter's going to go now and say, well, you want to ask grandma? She'll tell you. Okay. She goes to grandma. Grandma, why do we cut things off like that and do it this way? Why do we cook it that way? Was it just, is there a health reason? Or is this? And grandma looks and goes, no, just back then the ovens were just too small. So that's how we, could, we couldn't fit it in there. We had to do it that way. Yeah, there's um, there's a story I won't go into now, but I'm sure you've heard this one. The um, the width of railway track is that way because of so many things like that. And you have to go back to the roots of the origin to understand why they are like that. And it's to do with the width of a horse. And it's like, what? And it comes back so far in time, forwards, that the space shuttle... Its design and its size was based on the width of a horse, which is crazy, you know? So <clears throat> what we're talking about here is cause and effect, right? So our life is effects. And if you don't like the effects of your life, you have to change the causes. And beliefs you talk about, when I, I learned very early on, let, let me say about 18, was that... Beliefs are so strong, but they don't have to be true. You can still believe stuff, 
even if it's not true, which is what you're alluding to there. And I was reading a book from a, a special psychologist who was working with schizophrenics, and one guy believed in one of his altered egos, he believed he was dead. And the treatment the doctor gave to this um, person who believed they were dead, he said, well, there's one way to prove that you're not dead. He said, because corpses don't bleed. I'm going to cut you. So he cuts the patient, and the patient bleeds. And the patient says, well, God damn it, corpses do bleed. <laughs> so, so the belief about who we are, what we do, and what we're capable of, and the belief about our potential is huge. And there's something you said in there that's so important, and that's about the people around you, your support group. You are the net sum of the five people you mix with. And that is so, so critical. In my journey of success, I lost almost everyone because my desires were different to the people around me. I'm talking family as well. It was it's not a pleasant journey, but there we go. Anyway, that's about beliefs. I'm sure we're going to come on more about that. Law of Attraction. There's a film about it, The Secrets. Lots of people have seen it. Best-selling book. Many people talk about the Law of Attraction, and I've heard various uh, variations on it. But, Dr. Vic, I want your slant on this. What advice can you give to someone listening right now on how to use this law of attraction? Because like, it's still linked to the matrix, right? It's Well, everything is linked to the matrix. How do we use the law of attraction to manifest, here's two good ones for you, happiness and success? I love this question. Yeah, I mean, law of attraction, like attracts like, we all know that. It's very... Um, you know, it's, it's been told in the secret. That's all true, 100% and so forth. But there's a, an element that, you know, we, we, we get into, oh, we have to have your thoughts. You have to have this. And it's, we get into the head with that a little bit. And really, law of attraction, you have to remember, there's one step before the law of attraction, which is the law of vibration. You have to vibe at a certain place first before you can attract, right? Because it, like attracts like. That like is that vibration. Whatever vibrational state that you're at, that is the only experience you can have because of the, based on the law of vibration. And so when it comes to success and happiness, tying all that in, why not focus on the vibe of that? What makes you happy and focus on it every day, right? We were, we were talking about beliefs for a second. I won't get into the belief side, but you said you can have a belief that's either true or not. And it, it could be factual or it could not be, but you'll still have that belief. Well, the mind works in a way where when you can create like the law of attraction in the movie, the secret they're showing, you can create the experience raise your vibe, have that joy, that bliss, all those things in that moment. And all of a sudden you can, that you're going to raise that vibration eventually to a point where it starts to harmonize. You start to build that up, build that up, build that up, build that up. So you get to the point where it becomes your normal vibration. Now, once you get to that normal vibration, whatever that you were focusing on, that's going to become, it's going to be attracted to you. Now it's, it's the law of attraction playing its role. And then you'll see it in your world, which that's where law of manifestation comes in. And so when you look at that, then it's, it's not really, all we have to do is just what makes you happy? 
What makes you excited about life? Again, remember I said bring coming back to being a kid. It's just that simple. What can we do? What not do? What can we be? How can you let's say you want to be you want to be happy? Well, what does the future you of being happy look like? What does it feel like to be like that? What are the emotions that show up? What do you see in your mind? Right? Get into that. Start getting creative again. Create a movie. And sometimes you'll be like, I can't imagine. I can't think of that. I don't know. Well, you've been so conditioned the other way that you don't know what that is. That's fine. Go watch a movie and see somebody happy and pretend to be that character. Like you don't have to, like sometimes people think, I, I like doing internal work. I'd rather create it myself. But sometimes if I can't, then I'll just see somebody. You know, I'll watch somebody in a movie and I'm like, man, I really like that character that they're playing. Man, that's me. That's what I see myself in the future. Man, look at that. Look at the guy. Maybe like very successful guy or whatever it may be. And it's just like, yeah, I like the vibe. I like how they're talking. Look how they walk. Look how people are interacting with them. I'm like, that's what I can envision. And then every day you just focus on that and get that vibration up. And every time you get that vibration up, then all of a sudden you're slowly over time building the neural circuitry. You're changing the feeling in your body because our bodies are subconscious mind because your body, um, you know, cellular memory and I can go down a whole path with that. But it's it's, it's you got to shift that because if you can't believe who you can be in the future, you're just never going to have it. If you can't see it, you're never going to have it. You won't have success. You won't have happiness. You have to come. That's one of the things is the 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 working with the laws, different universal laws and so forth that I'm sharing here is that. Focus on the vibe. Everything's a vibration of frequency uh, in, in the entire universe. I mean, uh, Nikola Tesla said that back in like 1903. He knew that back then. He said, if we focus on, if we see the world in the state of vibration, frequency, and there was a third thing, which I always end up forgetting, um, then all of a sudden humanity will, ex- will evolve so much in such the most shortest period of time, like it's never had before. If we think we're advancing now, he's like, it would be even more than that. And so that's what we can do in our lives. And that's usually what I recommend a lot of people do. This is what I coach a lot of my clients on, you know, don't get so much into thinking, you know, like success, want to make more money. Don't, don't, let's not focus on the money. Let's focus on the vibe. What does it mean? You know, we can get into the whys and ask certain questions, but I get into an experience perspective. And then what I want to do is get that experience into their body and start believing that that's who you really are. And then once we can get there, then all of a sudden everything will start to happen. Yeah, I get that. So people come to you because they're usually struggling with something. So in your experience, why do you think people struggle? They're too much in their head. If I gave it to you the short answer, because I said the mind the mind creates resistance, right? And when you have resistance, the resistance is the cause of all suffering. If you look at a flow, you know, when people, when you have um, things, when you're in a flow state, you're in a, you're in a very happy state. You're in an up, you're feeling great, but let's say you're doing great one month in business. And all of a sudden you have this limiting belief that it's never going to be there all the time. Like it's nothing ever just stays good all the time. And so what happens is the mind starts to create resistance and say, Hey, nothing ever is good all the time. You know, we're going to, you've had these experiences and you may not, the experiences may not come to you. The mind's good at pulling your emotions that relate to that. That's how powerful your mind is in, in the conditioning of it. And so it'll pull that. And all of a sudden it'll, you now you're like, Oh my goodness, here we go. I have to be a little more severe. I have to do this. I have to do that. And we get into this doing survival mode. And that's what the mind does. It, it keeps us, it lets us know pain or pleasure all day long, pain or pleasure. Is this pain or is this pleasure? Is this pain or is this pleasure? That's kind of what the inputs are for the brain. And so 
The painful ones, it's going to remember just as much as the pleasurable, but the painful have a sense of survival. So it's going to fire up that survival, the, the survival aspects of your nervous system to get into these lower functioning states of the brain, which are more reactive. Um, because when we get into a fear-based state, our behaviors are controlled in many ways. And so we, we don't excel at the higher states of what we can to be more, slow it down, not be as impulsive, be more, stay focused on things. And so that's kind of the element of where it can come when, when we do those kind of things. Okay. So I'm going to rewind again because you, you throw some little gems in there, like they're nothing and just keep on talking. So I'm going to just keep dragging you back. So, so. <clears throat> Thinking about success in life, how important is, to use your word, mindset? In fact, what is mindset? And at what point in the success process should we, where in the process should we put the importance of mindset? Mindset, so I'll answer the, the last question first. Mindset should be in the first forefront of everything. I want you to think, so what is mindset? mindset to make it very simple is like wearing a pair of glasses. So let's say I'm wearing a pair of blue glasses, right? Everything I'll see is blue. If I change them to red, everything I will see is red. I was actually interviewed on a podcast and I didn't know this about polarized glasses that actually the, 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 the host was sharing with me about um, looking at like when you have polarized glasses, you can't see reflections off water or certain things. I didn't know that. And I thought that was huge because it was one of those things where um, all of a sudden I'm like, that's great. That is mindset and it's generality. Because if you have like a scarcity mindset, you can't see abundance. It's it's there, Absolutely, but you yeah. cannot see it. You can't, it's not in your experience. And I was like, that is better than what I was sharing. I love that. So, uh, but it's one of those things where that's, the, so mindset is just the lens of what you're wearing and how you're seeing things. And if you shift it or take off the glasses or put something else on, then you have a whole different experience. And that's why mindset, I always say, is the first and the foremost, because everything in our life starts and ends with our mind. Incredible. You know, um, I'm a pilot and, and I love to fly. And I refuse to wear polarized glasses. Why? Because I want to see everything. And I think that's such a great metaphor for mindset in that glasses can be designed so that you don't see everything that's in front of you. In the case of polarization, reflections. We're going to go back to the matrix in a minute. Now I can feel it. <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. So <clears throat> we now have, when we started, you talked about you're doing something here and wherever you are, be there. That's your message. And then your wife gets tired with your daughter. You've got to spend some time with her. So energy goes that way and it comes off in this way. What tools do you use to keep yourself centered and present? I love this. So I use a lot of mindfulness tools and, and one of them, my, my favorite one is meditation um, because it has been the one thing that really just centers me. I can escape from my world. I can go into the space of nothing. Um, you know, some people, when I say that, they're kind of like, what do you mean by nothing? That's crazy. Well, in science, they call it zero point gravity or zero point field. Um, and that's just, just a mute of nothing point. And from there you can create all things. 
And so it's one of those things where um, it's one of those things where I can. So meditation is one. Breath work is another. Um, breath work is really great to help balance and um, calm your nervous system, to center it, to allow it to reset. Because the key thing, everything is everything's mind and nervous system. So and this is where my chiropractic background comes in, because it's like when you're in a more balanced state neurologically, then all of a sudden you access higher states of your mind. And so breath work is phenomenal for that. There's a part of your brain, just if you opened your mouth, it's literally straight behind your throat. Um, it's called the breath pacemaker. And what it does is it measures um, what's your respiratory rate? How are you breathing? And you can, and you can actually influence your, your nervous system that runs automatically by just slowing down your breath. So those are a couple of things that I do, um, but I have a lot. Of, I have a long list of arsenal. I mean, I, do, I have a cold plunge where my, I have water sitting at 40 degrees ready to go for me, and I'll jump in there. Uh, I do about five minutes a day. Um, that's a really good center place because what that does is the cold represents life and stress. And what it does for me is allows my nervous system to adapt because it's not being in the cold. That doesn't bother me. It's the initial point. And some days are worse than harder than others. I, it's harder for me to get my breath down because once I jump in and get in there, it's a massive shock to my nervous system. And all of a sudden I have to use my breath to calm me. But what that does for me in life then is, is when I'm dealing resilient stress or situations that are coming up. And a lot of times when you have stress, it's just outcomes that you thought were going to happen didn't happen, right? Again, coming back to the mind, how it creates resistance, which creates struggle, is that I can not let it move me and not and disrupt my peace. It allows me to stay centered and calm. And when I can do that, that allows me to, to stay in that creative state. But more importantly, just put, tying all this together now, it allows me to keep my, my vibration higher, which allows me to admit to become more stronger magnetically so that I can create, continue to create my experience in life. So <clears throat> it's a program interrupter then, I guess. It's so if you're in a mode that you don't want to be in, that your mind puts us in, let's call it fear. And that's there for to protect us, as you said earlier. If you don't want to be in that, then we need to break it some way. And jumping in a <laughs> cold tub of water does it for you. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll tell you right now, I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, when they're like in a bad mental state or they're in a rut or this, whatever, stinking thinking, you know, we, I teach them how to label these things. Um, I always tell them like, just take a cold shower. I promise you after that cold shower, you, you can't, you can't be thinking on that anymore. I promise you after that cold shower that you will feel better. I promise you're going to feel a little bit more elated and so forth. And they're always looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, just try it. Because I'm like, what happens is, is that you go into a stress response of survival and so what ends up happening is, is that all of a sudden you, um, your mind forgets all about that. And then once you get through that survival mode, like a massive stress response, once you're done, you're kind of like, Oh, I'm so relieved. Oh my goodness. Thank you. You know, you just, your mind has totally shifted. Yeah. It's a, it's great program interrupter. And there's so many things you can do. We went out, my family went out to, um, a charity event on Saturday evening, came back. I was wired because I was asked to speak there and, and I raised some money and I was super proud and I was wired. I got back, I couldn't sleep. So we go, we go to 3 a.m. I'm wide awake. So I'm thinking, well, I can stay here and stay wide awake with all this stuff going on in my head 
or I can do something. And it was pitch black outside. I went for a run. Yeah, so I just went and ran 5K and uh, came back, sleep like a baby. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah, so the, the, there's lots of these program interrupts you can do, and there's many things you can do. Taking a cold shower is a good one. Okay, I still want to take you back to something you said earlier. Another one of these throwaways. You said something about being in a flow state. So what does being in a flow state mean? Yeah, so like a flow state is, you've heard it from athletes about being in the zone, yeah. right? And it's just, you know, I played baseball my for 25 years and I, I always think of that like, how did I know that the I was so hyper-focused in the moment to where all of a sudden I can, I knew where that ball was going. Like instinctively, I just reacted to that and I went that route. And that's kind of... When you're in a flow state, it's just you have hyper intense focus and this is not having you're, you're not like thinking you're just allowing for things to pull to attract towards you to uh, create in that aspect of whatever that may be. Um, and you can do this. You don't have to be an athlete to do this. You can do this in your life. It, it's just it's really learning again, coming back to feeling there's a feeling that comes on to know when you're there. And I always tell my clients and I tell people all the time, if you can just learn, let your brain let you know what that feeling is, train yourself to get used to it. So when you get into a flow state, it doesn't happen by accident. Like there's things that could have led up to that. Feel what was those feelings you had prior to and start to memorize that because then all of a sudden you'll know when you're getting into a flow state. You, there's a certain vibe. Another way to say flow state, if I want to keep it real simple, is just being in the present time consciousness. It's being 100% in the present moment. There is just something, there's a beautiful, there's a whole different world. I know this sounds crazy. We're here having a conversation. I'm gelling, I'm feeling the energy. When we're present, 100% present, no thoughts of the future, no stuck in the past, right here, only this moment, everything is amplified. And I that's, that's that flow state. For me, it's a bliss feeling. Like I get really like, I feel deep groundingness in my body and I get very like happy like a kid. And I'm just, but I'm like, I'm focused though. It's not like I can't focus. It's just the energy is like, let's go. I'm ready to go. Like you were saying, I am wired three in the morning. I need to do something with this. Right. And then you went off for a run. And after that, you were like, man, I was great. And I bet you the, the feelings you had on that run were absolutely, it, it took it to a whole nother level. I bet you, you know, I wasn't thinking about running. My mind was elsewhere and I'm a swimmer. So, um, Prior to COVID, before all the swimming pools were closed down, I used to go swim a couple of miles each morning and I'd go in the pool and I'd, I'd have to wear um, a, a, a lap counter because I'd start swimming. I'd put an audio book into my ears or some music, but barely, barely I could hear it. But I'd swim and I'd just go into the zone. I wasn't thinking about swimming at all. And it's, it is just a beautiful state. And it's just movement is just so easy. And I had uh, a, a other experiences when I was a musician. I used to play keyboards. And there'd be times I'd be playing on stage where I'm witnessing what's happening. I'm not actually the person playing. And I get this when I speak at conferences as well. I'm thinking, how's this going? But it, this sounds real weird. I'm watching myself perform, and it's it's just it just a, it's a weird feeling, but beautiful. 
absolutely beautiful feeling. It's it's absolutely amazing. I can relate with you with speaking. Uh, it, it it just it's funny. Sometimes I'll be like, "Wow, the time flew." Or, and I go back, and it's like even with writing. Writing's another way I do that, where I just all of a sudden I'll go look back and what I wrote, and I'm going, "I wrote that." I'm like, "Wow, where did, I, I, where did that come from?" <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I, I tell people all the time, my three books I wrote those I can't take credit from. I mean, it's automatic writing. For those who may not know, it's like it's kind of this flow state process. You just don't think you write, and I always look. I'm like. I, I I know this stuff. I mean, I know it intellectually, but I'm just like, it's, but the way the wording came together, the story that, why did I, sh like that story just came out of nowhere and I, it related to that. And I'm like, wow, or some stories come up that I wasn't even, I don't even remember. And I'll read, I mean, I know it when I'm, after I'm writing, I'm looking going, oh, I, I, I think I talked about that because I'm somewhat aware, but it's just the, the flow of that. It's, it's a different, that is our true creative process. And that's when you're really connected. So when I said present time, I can go even deeper. That's when you're connecting to your soul. That's why you're able to see yourself doing that. That doesn't sound weird to me at all. That's kind of how it is. Like I, you know, like I said, playing sports, I can see watching myself. Like it's so crazy. It's like a split second before it happens. I've done this in hitting. I've done this in pitching and I've done this playing the outfield. I can see it, it feels uh, like a long time, but it's a split of a second the steps I need to make, what I need to do, when I need to make that jump tells me when to go ahead and do the jump. I'm observing all this. Like I'm there, I'm moving my body and doing it, but there's, it's just a weird, it, I call it weird because it's not commonly common. And then I do that. Or sometimes it's like, um, I'll do it where something tells me at the moment, you know, shift a little here. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm seeing myself getting ready to run. I have to throw the ball a certain way to throw the guy. It, it's just, I, I have a lot of stories on this, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, incredible. Now, I've got a really deep one for you. You don't have to answer this one. So uh, here is another one, Vic, that you just threw it in there and you just move on. <laughs> so you said, Jeff, I get it. You witness yourself when you're speaking. And then you said, that's when you're connecting with your soul. So dare we, dare you, I should say, attempt to explain what is your soul? Should we go there or leave it for another time? No, I love it. I love talking about these things. Uh, spirituality is a big thing for me. Everything I do has to, you know, relate to that in some way. Um, your soul is a true essence of who you are, or in other words, it is the light. It was the likeness. It was created in the likeness and image of God. So we are like little mini gods, if you want to think of it that way. We're creators, and we create our experiences. I can go really deep on this, but I'll. I'll uh, so when you think of our essence, our who we are. I'm Victor Manzo, right? So that's not my soul. That that is that I'm, I'm my soul's having an experience, experiencing humanity and the human world as Victor Manzo, what I grew up in, all my experiences, everything I'd done. And that's what the soul does. That's what we do as souls. We we choose to have experiences um, and we want to have experiences. It helps us to understand more of the it, it helps us to grow and evolve and it helps us to understand more of this human world. And so. I hope, I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to go too deep here, but I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it at a superficial level. Uh, and, the, and, and I don't know where this is a deep question. I'm saying you're okay. I started this. So, <laughs> so there's first, no, no responsibility on you here. No, in my first book, I, I answered this question in the, in my first chapter, I asked, who are you? And it's, it's, it's literally, uh, I think it was like 50, 40 something pages. I, I, in my first, it's a very long chapter, but I, I, I tried to, 
tailor in. And, and if I ask the question, you know, answering it, it, what is the soul or who is, what, what is the soul? Who's the soul? It, it's really just, a, it's a, it's a sentient being that is, is here to learn exp- and grow and expand and always be in a state of process. Process means it's never done. And that's why we as souls, we live infinite. That's why we know, if you look at most religions, for the most part, we all have eternity. All of them have that for the most part. And uh, I bet you there's some that don't. But the ones I've studied have it. And it's one of those things where we know that already. We, we know into that we live on forever. And this is just a short experience. Quantum physics is starting to show that through the studies of consciousness and understanding how uh, consciousness isn't, you know, it's not just this one time. There's a universal law on this called the law of perpetual transformation of energy that we transform our energy. Uh, it constantly changes in and out of forms in different forms and so forth. It never dies. It never, it gets exhausted. Energy can never be created or destroyed. Uh, I think it's one of the, thermal, I think the law of thermodynamics Second law of thermodynamics, but um, but yeah, coming back to it, and so just to give a visual for people to understand what your soul is and kind of what I'm sharing here, just think of water. Water is one of the best representations to understand what our soul is and so forth. Because if you ever notice, water, you can put it in any container and it takes up the form of that container. And that's what the soul does. Exactly. So. One of my favorite questions, I'm not going to ask it to you, you, you just, you'll just relate it, is that <clears throat> whenever discussions begin like this with my friends, the conversation stopper, the wow, <laughs> is when I ask this question. So I, I ask, are you a human being having a spiritual existence or are you a spiritual beings having a human existence? And it's like, oh my God, I never thought of that. But you're saying we are spiritual beings having a human existence and our soul, the spiritual part, goes on because, as you say, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It simply moves on to a different entity, whatever shape that entity takes. Okay. I'm going to move it on. I knew that I knew that would be deep, but I just love the subject. I could talk with you all day. But I heard you say previously, <clears throat> darkness. Darkness is our greatest ally. Why do you say that? You know, if you think about your life, where are the greatest things that taught you the most about yourself? What is it in the joyous moments or was it in the dark moments? Right? And when you really... When you think about, let's use ourselves as, you know, we talked about a soul. So I'm going to use that term as light. Um, You know, can you, if you look at a candlelight in a bright lit room like this, you can't really see the power of it. You can't discover how strong it really is. You can't see it that well. But if you put it in a pitch black room, you see the power of that light. And so the darkness is always reminding us of the power we have within us. The darkness is our challenges, our obstacles, our fears, our worries, you name it. It's anything that's a low vibration. And when you start to understand that the darkness is there for a reason, the universe, God, Allah, whatever you want to call it, brings these things to us. Remember I said when you're in that certain state of vibration, you're going to have the, the people, the circumstances, the situations, and the ideas help you connect to your vision to help you make that, create that in the world. And so sometimes in life, we have to go through these dark moments to understand the, the, this, a deeper element of who we really are. 
we come to this world knowing who we are, but then we get tarnished and we get we forget the essence of what we are. And then we have to go through life breaking down all that we learn to remember again of who we are and hopefully do it at enough time or a certain period. And it's not like you're done, but you know, have enough of it to where you're like, okay, now I can see, yeah, I see who I am. I see how creative I am and so forth. And so for me, in my experience, this is why I wrote my second book called The Walk in the Dark was because I stopped looking outside myself and thinking, what's the next book? What's the next podcast, video, you name it, that I had to do. And I started to let life guide me. Let it bring to me what I need. I, I need to trust more. I'm a type A driver personality. So I, I like control, set goals, task, boom, make it happen. I'm all, I, I'm mental toughness, piece of cake for me. But to let go and trust and not put input and just focus on just whatever presents, be in the moment, embrace it. Yeah, that's a that's a different learning curve for me because um, because of my childhood, um, I had I had to develop a strong mind because of my childhood, and, and for survival purposes, and it helped me survive to, up to a certain point. And so then when I let go, it's like hold on here, I'm letting go of something that I've had used all my life to continue to grow and expand and become who I am, and now I'm going to let that go and just embrace the process. Woo, that's a whole different world, but. Long story short, what ended up happening was is the best wisdom that I needed to grow and to learn more about myself. When I started doing that within the first year, I learned so much more things that I needed to learn, things that I that helped me expand and grow and get closer to you know understanding fulfillment and going to that point. Um, within one year, more than what I've tried to study and learn in the last ten. Mm, what happened is that you made yourself coachable, rather than locking yourself in this room thinking I got this. You know, and um, once we realize we cannot do everything by ourselves and we're receptive to help from outside, whatever that outside may be, then not only do we grow, but we grow at a more exponential rate. So cool. All right, then. What's been one of the toughest challenges you faced in your life and how did you overcome it? This one may not wow the people, but I, I kind of shared it already. It was just learning to let go. I get that. Trust, the, trust yeah. the process and let go. Like literally to the point of where I remember my business, you know, I used to be, I, I used to be a number hall, like we call it. How many patient visits I'm getting per week? What are my numbers at the end of the month? You know, how many patients are we getting? What's my, you know, what's my resign? All these, all the number metrics that we use in chiropractic. And I literally was like, I'm not going to look at those ever again. I'm going to let those go. And I told my wife, she worked in the office with us. And I just said, you know, I had a coach at the time too. And I just said, let me know if it hits under 50%. That's all I care about. Let me know if, or I said, no, I didn't even say that. I just said, let me know if I'm in a danger zone. And that's all I want to be warned of if that ever happens. And uh, that was tough uh, to let go. But I had to kept mentally tell myself, everything's going to be fine. You know, I'm the creator of my life. You know, abundance is always flowing to me because I had an old scarcity model and mindset. And it was so deeply ingrained in me. And so, well, here's the, here's the fun side of it. When I finally let go, I would notice even on a lean month, we would bounce back and everything would be fine. I mean, COVID hit, we had lockdown. Chicago is one of the, one of the big cities where we, uh, I don't, we, I don't think we're, we, we were in the United States, Chicago, Illinois was one of the, the restricted, most restricted uh, lockdowns. So 40% in the first month when that happened, right? I didn't get into the scarcity mindset. I saw abundance. And what happened was, is two and a half months later, we we're breaking records in my in my office. And so that lesson of letting go as painful, and I still do to this day. 
You know, there's still things that come up, old patterns, something it, it move it, it, as we evolve. So does our old, like sometimes our inner critic stuff and all that, it evolves with us. And that's why you always have, you're never like done. There's always something that's going to come up. So it's just learning to be now I'm in a process of my life of letting go even more. And, and, and it's a scary feeling. It's not fun, but because <laughs> you're letting, you're, you're trusting, you're like just trusting in everything. But here's the thing I'm, I, I I'll share this with you. It's, it, it's with my wife. I, we always say this all the time. Like everything always works out the way it's supposed to like, look at our life. Look at your experience in business. Look at your experience. Everything always works out. So why not trust it more? How can we get even more into that? And that's what something I've been really working on is just trusting my vibe and trusting me and just letting everything go. Cool. <clears throat> so the control freak is <laughs> put to one side. You're learning to let go. So what do you do then to get inspired? Life inspires me, to be honest. Um, it's every day I wake up and I look forward to who's the next person that I can help. Who's the next person I can influence. Who's the next person that I can share something that can help influence their life to help them create more fulfillment. It's that excitement. I literally live and feed off that every single day. Um, and it doesn't have to be just with strangers too. It could be with my, my seven year, seven month, uh, seven, seven week old daughter, um, spending time with her and just connecting my energy with her. You know, and showing her, you know, hey, I'm here for you. I'm gr I ground my energy. I get it uh, really to a center place, and then I try to connect as deep as I can with her. Or it could be with my wife. It's it's whatever is going to show up. It's just that excitement of new experiences and being able to continue to fulfill what it is my vision is until my my time is up here. All right, let me ask the question in a slightly different way. Then, <laughs> at some point in the future, we know not when you're going to get pulled to write book number four. And you might be saying to the universe, the matrix, whomever, say, I'm just, here we go again. I'm not ready yet. But whether you're ready or not is irrelevant. So you think, okay, I'm making the decision to write a book. What's the process you go through? The first thing I do is, and it's happening already. Like there's a couple things that are coming and I'm being pulled towards it. And it's like, this can be a book. And I'm like, all right, I need a stronger, I need a stronger feel to know that a stronger attraction. Cause it could just be my mind giving me ideas and messing with me. Um, but the first thing I do is just, you know, I, I, I get, there's a feeling that comes like there's something that'll catch my eye or catch my attention and it'll start to put me in a deep thought. And that's usually the beginning of my next book. Because once I start having that deep thought that I'm thinking about it, and I'm feeling it, uh, feeling it out in my body, seeing where it's showing up. Is it a high vibe? Do I feel grounded? Is the bliss experience? Is there like an excite, like a little kid excitement coming with it? Am I like thinking of one thing and then I'm getting overexcited and the next thing's coming? I'm getting overexcited on that. And I just want to keep going down that path. That's when all of a sudden I'm like, that's book number four. That's the beginning of it. Cause then I have, then I choose the title. And the title comes to me. I do not, I do not plan the title. It, it, my first, my first two books were like that. Uh, the the decoding the matrix was like that. I know the next one will be like that too. I have an idea. I can tell you right now something along with soul filled. That's what that's my mind tells me. Um, but I'll tell you my third book. I can't remember. I should remember what the old title I wanted. I, I was thinking of like what my third one would be. And then decoding matrix came and I'm like, yep, that was not where I was expecting, but okay. Um, so yeah, but I go through that process and then it's the same thing with the naming the chapters. It's the same thing with everything else. So I have a very different approach with it. You know, I'm going to share a story with you now. I went into hospital. And I'm sharing this because you're a doctor, right? I went into hospital and I had an operation. 
and uh, had an umbilical hernia, so n- not a major one. So I went down to theatre, so I'm um, the uh, anaesthetist put the, the stuff in me, off I go to sleep. And I was working on a book at the time, the current one, which is The 11 Steps of Success, and I thought, I want a real simple formula for success, you know, A plus B equals C. I want that kind of formula. But I couldn't get it. So before I went into surgery, I'm thinking, I, I need this formula. I need to think about this formula. So I had the surgery. I came out. All was good. I go back to my wardroom. And then um, <clears throat> my daughter comes in uh, to collect me to take me home. And I still got the canyon in my arm. The nurse comes in. She says, okay, you're ready to go. Now we'll, we'll just take this out. And my daughter's standing next to me. So they take it out of my hand. And I said to my daughter, I think I'm going to pass out. I feel lightheaded. That's all I can remember. So I passed out. I hit the deck. Boom. The next thing I remember is the doctor's on my chest. And it's going boom, boom, boom. Jeff, 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 come on, come on, Jeff. And you know what was happening? I was having, let me call it a dream where I got the formula for success. And I said to the doctor, I said, don't wake me up yet. I've not quite finished. I've got the answer I've been looking for. And the, and the doctor stops and he looks at me. He's looking at me, he's, Jeff, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I've got it. I've, I've got the formula. <laughs> so things come at real weird times. So... <laughs> But I thought I'd share that one with you, you being a doctor. So just a fascinating one. And but in that, I love you sharing that story because it's just it's this is something I teach to entrepreneurs so much. I try to hammer in their heads because I always tell them, like when it comes to how do I make more of this? How do I do this? And I always tell them, don't just focus on the vibration and the things that will what you need or whatever it is will come to you at the right moment when you're there. If you're not getting it, it's because you're not at the right vibe. It's not because it's not a time frame. You just got to keep working on your vibe. And it is so hard because we've been conditioned for, I think it's been over a hundred years now, uh, hard work, hard work, hard work. And it was like 1910s when this, 1905, 1910, when this started like being really pushed out there. Um, and it's one of those things where if you just really just get into that state, it, things will come. I have a client going through this right now. Seven months took him to get to this point. And now all of a sudden, they're like the the success is just coming now he's like but it's not i didn't really create it though and i'm like stop being mental like stop getting the resistance <laughs> you, you, you 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 i told you the vibration comes there's infinite possibilities of what can show up infinite don't judge what comes your way i know that i know how that person feels because that's what i did yeah if it all of a sudden somebody was closing an office and they were going to refer like 25 new patients to the office i'll be oh, i'm only i'm only seeing the increase because of that that's self-tabotage I'm yeah. destroying the vibe. I was at the right vibe. What happens? Three months down the road, I'm back to where I was. Then I wondered why I was there. Again, because of what I was doing back there. With the yeah, self-sabotage. absolutely. Absolutely. Something I do, I don't know whether you advocate this or, or practice it yourself. You know that feeling you were talking about earlier? And I said, how do you get inspired? For instance, take a book and you say, oh, I have this thought. And then it starts burning. And then I have another thought and it goes deeper and deeper. And then, then I'm off and this momentum comes and you roll. You can't not do it. 
that's the state that's the state I'm in. Well, what happened is that I did these interviews with rich people, successful people, millionaires, billionaires. When I was 18, it's like 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago. And <clears throat> now it's time for me to write that book, The 11 Steps of Success. And I'm thinking, I really don't know what that book would look like. So I'm going to let it go. So I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for help. I'm ready to be coached. Boom. And it comes. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's the matrix. <laughs> I don't know if it's vibration. But I've met so many people who've had the same thing. And they go into this self-sabotage, what you're talking about. They don't act on it. But here's the interesting thing. If you don't take it, the universe, the matrix, whatever, will take that thought, that idea, and give it to someone else until it gets done. And it's, you know, your idea about the, the plastics in the ocean and stuff like that. I believe these ideas are going around and one day one person will go, aha, I can pick up that and run with it. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. And you're, you're sharing the, like, so let's say the matrix, right? As I keep saying how it, it's a vibration of all things and it creates the experience of all humans. That's why the thought, if you don't get it, someone else will. Yeah. Because it's someone else that is, because those thoughts, those dreams, those visions, those whatever, they want to be alive too. And that's why I like, I, we call it self soul, but I like to say source energy because source energy, we give life to things. We are life, right? You are giving life. Your soul gives life to that body. If that soul's not there, that life does not exist. It's just it, the body can't, it doesn't process. And it's the same concept when, when we look at um, the ideas is we give those things life. And if the, that's why if like we, we start pushing the matrix higher and higher, if let's say I, I think of some great ideas and it's like, but I don't act on them, they're going to go to somewhere else because the energy is there supporting that. That's the vibration that's going to attract, right? The, the law of attraction comes in to then manifest that into the real world or mm. the, I should say real world, uh, but just the world we live in. Because <laughs> yeah. what's no, really no, real? Well, <laughs> that now it's going to go real deep and I'm going to, I'm not going there. No. <laughs> I'm going to call you back for that one. That's going to be a different conversation. <laughs> so I love what you said there, where you said, uh, these other things want to live. So this book, The 11 Steps of Success, it needs to live. And then I had a thought, you know, it's up to me to deliver it. So I'm pregnant with a book. That's the, that's the thought that came to me. So I'm going to take care of it, nurture it, feed it, and then give birth probably the end of the year. So, um, and there's, there's so much stuff from this, Vic, that I'm going to include in there. Maybe slightly simplified. But, <laughs> but, but the same kind of thing. So I've got a question for you now that I ask everyone. What's the most important thing you've ever learned? Ooh, I love that question. There's so many. Mm -hmm. uh, but the biggest one I would say that I learned was believing in myself. I, I, that may be a cliche. Some people say that a lot. But really, for me, it was... Truly, when I say believe in myself, is truly, uh, if I take it a little deeper, it's just truly understanding who I really am. Because once I learned that, 
And I understood from that, all of a sudden I can, I realized that I can learn anything, choose to be anyone, to have anything. I just, you know, whatever that may be. And all of a sudden the world was my oyster. Because once you have that, nothing can stop you. I don't care how many storms show up in my way. Eventually the sun's going to come, you know, and, and I can use many different analogies with that. But that was probably for me, my upbringing and everything. I wasn't taught that. I was taught the opposite. I was taught to um, have a low self-worth because maybe not having emotional validations to you name it. And so the having trust in myself, I wasn't taught that to have belief and knowing the faith. And so sports opened that door for me when I started to, I'll never forget eighth grade was the beginning of that where all of a sudden I had a great coach who believed in me and he instilled that to believe in myself, trust myself. And if I fail, it's okay. I didn't have that 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 safekeeping. And that became a big thing. So as I got, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really start applying this whole belief thing until I was in my, my mid twenties to where I was like, you know what? I believe that I can do this. And then I would do that. And then I would, I, then I would have the fears of other things. And then eventually it just, I kept on saying, well, if I did this, then I can do that. If I did that, then I can do this. If I did that, then I can, and I just started to use that to kind of help get my mind to see that. Yeah, I believe in myself. I can do anything. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, if someone wants to buy your books, if someone wants to reach out to you to be a mentor or just wants to chat with you, how do we do that, Dr. Vic? So the easiest way to get a hold, a hold of me is my my hub is my website. So empoweryourreality.com. On there, if you like what I'm sharing and you're looking to want to hop on a call, I have a free one-on-one discovery call. I got it up on the top and many buttons throughout the website um, to set up a call. We'll see what your challenges are, what's you know, what's the dreams that you want to achieve and so forth. Um, and I usually, um, in that process, I will give some action steps, just one or two to help you move forward a little bit. And then if, you, if I feel like I can help you, uh, I'll share how I I can do that. My book is everywhere. You can get it on Amazon and it's, I think it's sold on 44 different places that sell books. Um, I have it in ebook. I have it in paperback and audible, or I mean, audiobook. And then uh, social media, bottom left corner of my website. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. So I share about five, six videos uh, a week, uh, something on mindset, spirituality, things that we kind of talked about here. Sometimes I go a little deep. Um, <laughs> Got to throw those out there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, when, and I could tell where the matrix is because, or the main concept is because, uh, the, the feedback I get in comments and I'm like, all right, that was some very aggressive tone of language. I like that. Um, but yeah, you can reach out any questions you have. I love hearing from people. So, you know, send me a direct message. I always read them and I love to respond to them. You've been awesome. I mean, I'm sad we have to close the show today. Um, that's it, Dr. Vic, Victor Manzo. You're an amazing guy. I'm going to get you back on the show to speak with you again, but I'm sure there's a friendship coming here for sure. Absolutely. We're connected on so many levels here. So, Dr. Victor Manzo, thank you very much for today. You have been absolutely amazing. Well, thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I hope the show has helped to ignite your passion, to be a catalyst for action and giving you the fuel you need to realize your dreams. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit the like button, leave a review, but more importantly, let's make a difference in the world. Share this with one person. That's just, just one. Maybe it will spark a difference in their lives and it makes a huge difference to us because without your help, we can't succeed. 
So please go ahead, like, review, and share. Just one, that's fine. On another note, I'm always looking for great success stories. So if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you'd like to nominate a guest, please contact me on our website at jeff-smith.com. You know, I really, really would love to hear from you. That's all for today. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day.